Welcome to the Booker's Alliance podcast, where we hold the pencil and the pencil is power. Coming at you right now is your host, Marky Mark, along with the man, the myth, the legend, Frank Donaldson. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing landscape of professional wrestling. So hang on tight, you jabronis, and enjoy the ride. Uh, welcome in, welcome in, everybody. Thank you for joining today's episode of the Booker's Alliance podcast. Come on in, bring yourself up a ringside seat, but uh, somebody needs to maybe bar the door because we got a few guys trying to run, don't we? Oh, think? yeah. It looks like the Katie bar the door, as Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> used to say. We're, we're keeping you in here. We're locking you in today. So get in your ringside seats, and we're going to look at... What's going on in the world right now? Where 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 are these people going? Where are they headed? Yeah, so uh, we, we're officially titling today's episode. My time is up. Uh oh, my time mark. is now. So my that works. Now, Maybe they John do Cena need to said. get out so we can get in. <laughs> get some of those guys out. Let the Booker's Alliance in. Let me in now. Oh. So we're talking about some of these guys that have contracts coming up that are expiring. What may happen? Where they might go? What will they be doing? Will they be leaving a company or staying on? Dude, it's all over the place. Anything can happen. You know, like they say, never say never. But, you know, you got so the the two main topics that we're going to look at today, they're kind of different avenues in their career right now. You know, you got one guy who rightfully so could hang him up and say hey i'm done and he would have a stellar career you know you know he wouldn't there'd be nothing left really for him to prove unless he chose Mm -hmm. then you got another you know another couple of guys that i mean they're right at the height of their career right now their market value probably has never been higher than what it is at this very moment so you know maybe they cash out maybe they look and say hey who's got the deepest pockets Maybe they look and say, hey, you know, when we got more stuff to do here where we're at, a lot of, you know, the world, you know, the, the world's their oyster right now. You know, they can really do what they want. And then, you know, in, in that same vein of thought, we got another guy who's always teasing about, you know, he's going where <laughs> the deepest pockets are. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of that, a lot of that going on here. Yeah. So let's get into the first ones that we were talking about here. And that's the Usos. They've got some contracts expiring and coming up. And of course, they have been a, a very integral part of the bloodline storyline for the past three years yep. uh, in some cases uh making the story absolutely <laughs> so with some of the performances they, that they've laid down there so you've got of course we're talking about jimmy and jay uso uh-huh. uh, so jimmy um started out uh in this storyline first right if i'm right it no was jimmy. it was jimmy was out on it jimmy was out yeah, jimmy so was, was jay, out. So jay yeah he was challenging roman and you know they kind of took it to where jimmy came back to save jay from a roman beat down and then all of a sudden the bloodline formed you know we kind of took off from there and in in for what those guys where they were now granted I'm gonna give them the flowers they're probably one of the best tag teams that we have seen in the modern era Absolutely. come through the WWE certainly one of the most decorated right and not gonna compare them to other tag teams like Heart Foundation Rockers things like that no, can't, can't really compare them it's different generations yeah. different set of circumstances but but when you look back at some of the matches that they've had especially uh, my mind always goes back to Hell in the Cell matches that they've had they kind of set the standard as far as Hell in the Cell for a tag team yeah absolutely so some, that, of the fa- some of the face offs they had with the New Day yep. were reminiscent of you know for a historian like Rock and Roll Express Midnight Express I mean yep. they, those two teams were in those two roles at that point 
And, you know, and, and let's be honest, at that point, you know, everybody said, hey, the Usos are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And everybody thought, well, that's their peak. That's as good as it's going to get for them. You know, that being being called that is probably the best thing they could possibly have going for them. And then all of a sudden this bloodline thing came around. And my God, you want to talk about leveling up. They changed mountains. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in a different playing field now. Yeah. That's kind of what I was referring to about stock. You know, their stock had a had a cap at one point, you know, in the tag team division as one of the best tag teams, blah, blah, blah. That only could take you so far. Right. Once you find yourself as an intricate part of a main event storyline, that's being called one of the best storylines ever in wrestling. I mean, you're in a whole new playing field now. That's that's leveling up on a completely different level. And usually when you see a tag team level up, it's a split of the tag team, yep. and they take them both into singles divisions. Yep. Kind of like Sean and Marty, things like right. that. And, and rarely does both members of the tag team survive that. No. Usually both you have Both guys can't one. elevate. There's right. always that one standout member. I mean, Bret Hart stood out in the in, you know in the Hart Foundation. Davey Boy Smith stood out in the British Bulldogs. Again, Shawn Michaels obviously stood out in the rock in the rocker. You know, and that list goes on and on. Yep. But you know, this was a case where. Both guys both leveled survived. up, yeah. you know, and they, and they both leveled up equally. Like, you know, you had main event Jey Uso. So Jay kind of gets more of the one-on-ones. You don't see Jimmy doing too much one-on-one, but his part in the story makes that story roll just as much as Jay and Roman does. So, so you know, you can't discount any of his contributions to it either. Those two guys are on equal level in that playing field and only a shade behind what Roman's doing right now. Yep. And and I think that, you know, Roman, you know, we'll, we'll kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. I think Roman was the caretaker for, for his family. Oh, in, yeah, in absolutely. He, he, he really, you know, saw what could happen if they take them down individual paths. But at the same time, you're keeping it in the family. Absolutely. And he, he was in, and that's part of his story as far as storyline, yeah. but that's also reality. Yeah, definitely. He, he's, he's the head of the table. He's taking care of that yeah. Samoan family right now. I mean, and that, that this isn't the first time that's happened. I mean, think about when rock was at the top of his thing, you know, who, who ran stone cold Steve Austin over, you know, to make find himself in a main event role. It was Rikishi, yep. his cousin, you know, he found a way to give the rub to family there's nothing better. You know, if you're going to excel in a business where you get a little bit of stroke, then yeah, you pull up those guys that need pulling up and that starts in the family. You know, you just, you start there, you can pull up whoever else you need to go from there, but you're definitely going to level up your own blood first. And I mean, they've even leveled up solo at this point. You know, there's a lot of people that you've got the whole, um, Fatu family leveling up. There I you mean, go. Yeah. I've seen, um, uh, Rikishi's other boy kind of pulling up YouTube now. He's got yeah. his own YouTube channel going. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he's not even in the he's not even in the company, but he's still building off of that off that momentum that yeah. that whole family's got right Umaga's now. Umaga's son has his own YouTube yeah. channel going. And they're just teasing, like, "Hey, I might join the bloodline and just because the bloodline is there." Yep. They, you know, that all of a sudden they got they get a little bit of credibility, and now they're making money off of that, not even in the company. So. Yeah. You know, that's called one hand washing the other. It's all types of nepotism, but I'm all for it because, hey, again, you know, the Samoans didn't have any power coming into WWE. They worked hard to earn their spots. And now they're, you you know, once you get to that point where you're at the top, yeah, you pull up the guys that came up with you. But what if the pendulum now swings the other way? What if the top that they're out now is the top? 
Well, I've... <laughs> then what happens? Do yeah. you stick around and watch the tumble down the mountain? Or do you just call it quits? Deuces, you're out. I mean, what what do they do? So, and and as far as a lot of things go, I don't really pay attention to what this guy says, you know. But there's some things that some things that he says that do reign true, and that's Elon Musk. What he say to the moon, <laughs> you know, when 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 the when the bubbles are as full as it's gonna get, you don't need to wait for it to burst. Sometimes you need to just move on to a new bubble. So. Mm-hmm. Do the you know at this point now, do the Usos you know they've got a lot of do they stay together first? Let's start. Let's talk about that. They could split. Let's say main event Jay Uso really does want to be the main event. He does want to be the new tribal chief. He does want to be the head of the table. Well, he ain't doing that over in WWE right now because you got Roman Reigns sitting on top of that mountain. But what would be to stop him from going over to Tony Khan world over there and saying, you know what, y'all need a tribal chief? Here you go. I think I think if anything, blood is thicker than water. I think where you see one, you're going to see the other. I don't think you'll see them split. I do think, though, that they would both probably be that challenging for the singles division, but staying together as a faction. You know? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them two ever splitting apart. Um, something about brothers, something about sisters, but then there's something different about twins. Yeah. Them two shared a womb together. They, yeah. they closer than close. <laughs> I definitely understand it. I honestly, I don't see them split neither. It's just, as long as you're attached there, you know, as we just talked about Roman pulling you up because he's at the top of the mountain. If one brother starts to get ahead of where the other brother's at now, instead of, uh, instead of pulling up that anchor is kind of pulling you down. Mm, yeah. So again, and I'm using Jay as an example, just because he did have more main event storylines with Roman throughout their run here. Again, if let's say both brothers go to AEW, well, if Jay's fight, let's say Jay gets in there with MJF, you know, which could be a dream match in and of itself. At that point, you start talking about that kind of that kind of wrestling. But do you need Jimmy there with, you know, to to, to sell the you're not going to re- recreate the bloodline. That's not going to happen. I mean, Tony Khan can sign all the Samoans he wants. You ain't going to do the bloodline again because it ain't going to be Roman Reigns. So it ain't going to be the same thing. Let's call a spade a spade. Everybody can't be the tribal chief. It just can't happen. But because of everybody, all the wrestling fans watching AEW know that history. If Jay goes over there and says, you know, he's going to be the king of the mouth. He calls. He can't use those names in WWE's trademark. <laughs> what, double, double J? Yeah, he could be Double J. He could be king of the mouth. He, he could go over there and call himself whatever <laughs> to whatever, you know, he needs to call himself to automatically have that credibility to make some good damn storytelling in wrestling. So again, I don't really see it happening. It's fun to talk about though. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think those guys are WWE lifers. Yeah. I, I think if, that, that family's WWE yeah, family. If, if they're done with wrestling, then they're done. Yeah. I don't think that they they're done yet. I think they got more to give. But um, well, now I mean, one of them's wife is over there at Impact, if I remember right. In in uh, Trinity over there, currently the women's champion over at Impact. I mean, she is. But from what I can tell, I don't think they have no want to go wandering over to Impact. Definitely not going to go to Impact. <laughs> let's, let's. So again, as we just said, their they, stocks them, as high as it's ever them been. Them bank right accounts now. ain't big enough. Now that's, that's the thing. Their stocks are so high right now that the Impact couldn't even get in the financial mm-hmm. talk conversation right there. 
that. More or less the talent, the stories, none of that. All that's out of they just can't get that. They can't swim in those waters right now because the Usos would be commanding about as top a dollar as any tag team has ever had ever been able to command. And let's be honest, Tony Khan's the only other person not named WWE that could foot that bill. Yep. And yes, I do see him saying he would foot that bill, but I agree with you. No, I don't see them saying, you know, we're going to betray the, you know, the WWE. They, I mean, they're basically intertwined. It's like McMahon's, Fatu's, Anawai's. They're all kind of tied in there together. You know, yeah. you use the roads. You kind of see it all in the same. I don't think you're going to see it separate now. I think we've seen Cody separate. He's even come back. I don't think we're going to see any of those kind of names, those family ties names, find their way outside of WWE again. All right, so let's pivot and let's talk about another man whose contract is currently up. But this is on the different end of the spectrum. This guy has had a tenured career, a 25-year yeah. tenured career in the WWE. He's old. He's old. He's He's older than, well... He's older than me, so that's all that matters. That's all I need to worry about. So. When we're talking about Edge, we're talking about Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland, another uh, North Carolina resident. Yeah, all right, to you hometown. Up there in Asheville. Yeah, hometown. <laughs> um, so we just saw uh, him do a tribute match, a uh, 25-year celebration match between him and Sheamus. Uh, a lot of in good Toronto. things. Home crowd. Home crowd. A lot of good things came out of that match. Very, very, very cool. Uh, people were speculating, you know, what's going on. There were rumors flying around going, oh, you know, he, he put it out there to WWE. It was what he wanted, and WWE declined his offer. Yeah. You know, and so, so the rumors are now swirling. Oh, we're going to get an Edge and Christian reunion in AEW. Hey, there's there's always that potential. I mean, yeah, they've actually got Christian in the ring again in AEW. So if it was going to happen, there ain't no other time it's going to happen besides now because the way Christian's looking out there, he's winding down too. So. Yeah. You know, if Edge is 25 years, Christian's right there at 25 with him. So. But you had the man take the Twitter himself, or excuse me, X, whatever there we want to call it. There you go, X. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk reference again. Two references in one show. I don't, what the hell are we doing? Elon, we'll take your sponsorship anytime you yeah, want to well, come That's on. true. <laughs> Send a Tesla down here. I'll drive a Tesla to the recordings every week. We'll record it in the Tesla, matter of fact. <laughs> so uh, he, he, he took to uh, posting on social media himself, though, and said, look, you know, I, I just come on here to set some things straight. Uh, I do have a contract extension right now in my inbox. It's in the inbox. It's in my inbox. Where so I just contemplate. Just got to think about it. And I understand. I can't understand what he's contemplating being a wrestler, but I can't understand what he's contemplating being a dad. Yeah. He's got two little girls at home. And, you know, I understand one of the reasons why he got back into this. He went on and said that, you know, he, he got back into the from. ring. Well, it was taken from him, but he wanted his girls to see him do it, too. Yeah. And he wanted to go out on his own terms. Yep. But as a dad, them kids are only little for so long. Yep. So I know that's part of what he's contemplating. Yep. Well, so, you know, like you said, you can relate to that. You know, being a dad yourself, you yep. can see that. Well, I can relate to the other aspect of it for him. And he's old, right? Yeah. So <laughs> as I'm getting older... I completely understand the, some of the stuff I used to do. Like you take a fall, right? Like let's say. Oh no, we don't take them no more. Ten years ago, if I took a fall, <laughs> we at, don't run, we don't jump. At the ripe old age of, of thirty-five, if I fell down, <laughs> I'd have popped right back up and been mad at myself for falling down. That would have been the. I'd have been angry. I'd have been frustrated. If I fall today, 
First of all, I ain't popping right back up. <laughs> I'm gonna lay there for a little bit and con- and first and take take stock. Yep, take find out if anything's really anything broke. Yeah, is anything damaged that I'm not gonna be able to get up? That's the first thing, and that yep. may be five minutes that I'm gonna <laughs> lay there and, and basically assess the situation. Yep. You know, it's like Iron Man used to have. You know, where he'd say, "Give me a status you check." Give me a diagnostic. Yeah, basically, I take a status <laughs> check if I go down today because I got to go through my brain and see. First of all, is everything functioning right? And and second thing. When I get up, am I going to be able to stay up or am I going to come right back down? <laughs> so and that's one. And two, the aches and pains don't disappear the way they used to disappear. Nope. So, you know, you're bumping around out there. You're going through tables or you're doing crazy, ridiculous stuff that you've made your career on with a surgically repaired neck and a lot of other surgeries that have been that have been, you know, done to your body over the years. That stuff don't feel the same mm. as it used to when it, you know, 25 years ago when Edge was the ripe old age of 23 or whatever he was. That stuff don't feel the same no more. So from per- from personal accounts, I think we both can understand yep. and relate to why he would want to step away. I mean, and I mean, on the business, what else has he really got to prove? And I think he's probably looking at the same thing. And of course, one of the best documentaries we've seen WWE put together and produce uh, was the last ride from the undertaker. Yep. You know, he's probably going through some of the things that Mark Calloway went through yep. as far as your body just ain't there no more. No. And but we you, saw that in the Seamus match. Yeah, I mean, you know, you we, we saw him out there. there and he wasn't, he wasn't the edge that you know. He wasn't the edge of 2010. Yeah. I, you know, he thought he. You know, he's missing some steps, which he should. You know, yeah. he's 20 years older than when he started. If he wouldn't know. miss any steps, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, absolutely <laughs> not. If he wasn't missing any steps, I'd be on whatever regiment he was on to keep it up. Because I know I'm missing some steps. Yep. But let's be honest. I mean, Edge ain't gonna win no more world titles, right? No. How many more storylines can they really put him in? You know who else out there that he hasn't touched since he's been since he's been back? Who else out there can he really elevate to the next level? And honestly, so might not be a popular opinion, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. The the match he wound up working with Sheamus was a stretch anyway, as far as yeah, storyline. Absolutely, mean. I mean they, <laughs> they they dug about as deep as you can possibly <laughs> dig. To give him something yeah. to have a good reason to go out there and have a good match and in even, Toronto. And even Sheamus did what he needed to do to kind of get that over because yeah. it wouldn't go an over until Sheamus pulled him in and say, are you sure you made the right decision? Fella? Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> at that point, it was just two guys having a match. Right. I mean, but yeah, Sheamus, Sheamus all of a sudden Sheamus made it. kind of, you know, escorted him back yeah. in with the whole bike ride incident. I get all that, but... Nobody else was getting all that. Nah. Everybody else is like, okay, yeah, you guys are friends outside of here. Why are y'all wrestling today? Yeah. That and that almost did as much damage as it did good to try to create a story. It kind of took away from the story of, well, you guys are buddies. You're out here riding bikes. Now all of a sudden y'all are kicking each other's ass in here. Well, that ain't likely. I mean, you know what the hell's going on here. So No, but we've seen Sheamus do that though before, especially in Drew matches, where yeah. they kind of pulled it back a little bit and go, yeah. you know, we're friends. We'll go out and have a pint at the bar. But in this ring, I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> like, you know, they they've they've really got that point across. And I'm glad he did that because I wasn't into it. I, w- I was into it just to see Edge have that celebration. Match, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was not I didn't care about it, but nope. when when he did that small little thing right there, yeah. I went into it and I went, oh, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, it's like, okay. Seamus really could yeah. go in there and do some stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like you said, at the end of the day, you're two competitors. I mean, 
Let's be honest, boxers in the past, they don't hate each other. You know, they even Mike Tyson used to say, he's like, everything, all that stuff I say, that's to sell tickets. Yeah. It's like, you know, I got to get butts in seats. So I'm going to talk trash. I'm going to do everything. To, now, in Mike's younger days, I don't know if Mike knew where the line was in there. Mike didn't have a line. <laughs> no, because those guys, when he them got in the were, ring. Them boys were pulling him back. <laughs> the same rage that he was giving in them interviews, you saw that in the ring. And you saw them dudes being hella scared about it. I mean, you got... 270-pound world heavyweight boxing champions out where they're scared. Like Many nope. a night we paid $70, $80 for a pay-per-view for a 15-second match. Hell yeah. It was like going to the strip club. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. You pay all that money, you get the shortest, the shortest pleasure of your life. But I digress. Uh, short, though. Well, time-wise. Oh, oh. Time-wise, it can be short, especially if you're spending that kind of money in the strip club. You, yep. you ain't one of the long, the long, long standers in there. But nonetheless... <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, realistically, I don't see where Edge has enough to prove. No. The only reason, honestly, I could see him go back to wrestling would be to go to AEW and to finish with Christian. That's that's it. Yeah. If there wasn't some kind of story embedded in you know in in him for that. I don't see the purpose of him going back unless he wanted to go out like at a mania or something and like God that. And God forbid, if you do put Edge and Christian back in the ring, don't put them in there with the Hardys. I don't want to see Definitely Jeff. Definitely don't put them in there with the Hardys. I don't want to see Jeff go at it no more. No, I'm done. Jeff needs to go sit down. Don't resurrect the Dudleys. No. You know, we don't need to see that. <laughs> Even though Impact is resurrected. Yeah, the they Dudleys. are resurrected, but that's Impact. So nobody's <laughs> going to see that anyway. And that'll get seen more on YouTube clips. It won't get seen live. And we'll, well, let's let's bring in the last guy here. We only got a few minutes left here for this episode, but let's bring in this last guy that we've talked about that you made mention to at the beginning of the episode we're talking about mjf yeah well he's a quick one to talk about because yeah. he does more of the talking he does all the talking for himself he don't need us yeah at, at the end of the day do i believe tony khan's gonna let him go hell no if he does he's foolish he as foolish could be he's I mean, dumb and yeah. AEW will probably go on and tank within the next oh yeah they, yeah they'll be wcw light if they yeah. if they let him go i you, mean you can't you can't do like a bitch off because oh i can't pay him so i'm gonna send him over there to make more money no you better pay the boy now because <laughs> you don't want to give him the opportunity to go over exactly. there and make more money because one wwe ain't gonna shy up on paying that kind no. of money for that kind of talent where that kid's at right now, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. He just main evented the largest attendance record, you know, of all time wrestling. He he main evented that show. He headlined that show. He that opened and closed it. Eighty one thousand tickets, more tickets than WWE has ever sold to any event ever. He headlined it. So WWE, if given the chance wouldn't hesitate to open up the, the the checkbook for that guy and write him whatever number he needs just to get him in the fold. Cody's already over there. You know Cody's over there telling him, man, it's a whole lot better yep. over here. The grass is greener, blah, blah, blah. MJF knows all that. You know, he's not a fool. But he also knows the more he builds his stock and the more he heralds himself, the better off his payday is going to be. And that's what he's in it for. And he's smart for it. Absolutely. And do I hope one day I'll see him in the WWE ring? Absolutely. One day. One day, just to see yeah. it happen. Do I want it to be now? No. Definitely not now. No. WWE ain't ready for an MJF character, and nope. I don't know if MJF's ready for WWE just yet. Agreed, agreed. So what happens next with these guys? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to keep watching and find out. So if you are interested in, in what we talked about today, go out there on our social media platforms, drop us a line. Do you see them guys staying? Do you see them going? Do you see something else happening that we didn't mention? Reach out there and let us know. 
And with that, everybody, we thank you for joining today's episode, and we bid you adieu. All right, and if those contracts are getting paid, I say run. Today's podcast was produced by SBP. You can find our podcast on all major podcast platforms. Also connect with us on our social media accounts. Search for The Booker's Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.